God made man, but he used the monkey to do it. Apes in the plan, we're all here to prove it. I can walk like an ape, I can talk like an ape, I can do what monkeys do. Well, God made man, but a monkey supplied the groove. Hey, monkeys, what's up? Michael Silverback here. You're listening to the Arm Day Podcast. Today is a Monday. It's the 21st of March, 2011. Some of you guys may have noticed that the intro music is a little different in the last few shows. and uh, It's actually a cover version of the Devo song, Jocko Homo. And The guy that does that has a YouTube channel, and you should go check him out. He was nice enough to give me permission to uh, use it. And his YouTube channel is the Doctor Shogoth Show. Uh, so you would spell capital T H E space Doctor, and that's the abbreviation capital D R period. Uh, and then Shogoth is capital S and H O G G O T H, and then capital S H O W. And the reason I kind of spelled it out like that is a lot of times YouTube can be kind of weird if you type it in, and if it's not exactly what the thing says sometimes you won't get the you won't be able to get to the guy's channel but I'll also put a link in the show notes over at the website and uh, you can check it out through there and um, he he does the stuff you can tell it's like ukulele music and uh, he's an artist kind of musician type guy and uh, I got a big kick out of his channel he does lots of different cover songs he has some uh, original songs as well that he does on the ukulele one of my favorite videos of his is called Bohemian Survivalism, and he's doing a thing about the, uh, he does kind of his review of the uh, Leatherman Juice, which is kind of unique. It's I've never seen another review quite like it, but I like the guy's channel. I kind of like what he's trying to do, uh, So and he's an artist, so uh, you know, go over there, check his channel out. If you like him, leave a comment, subscribe to his channel, that type of thing. So it was it was pretty cool of him to let me... Uh, go ahead and use that. So, uh, if you, Dr. Shogoth, if you're listening, thanks a lot for doing that. I really appreciate it. Let's see. Uh, speaking of the internet, uh, if you can go over to the website and you go down and you click on some of those ads, uh, I get a little bit of money, not a lot, just pennies a click. Uh, sometimes probably it's only maybe a half or a quarter of a penny, but it, it eventually adds up. And what that does is uh, it helps me to. Uh, kind of pay for the cost of the websites and the um, and the hosting and all that kind of jazz. So it it, uh, it makes it to where uh, the show doesn't necessarily cost me a lot of money to do. Um, and you don't have to necessarily buy anything just as long as you click on the ad. So if you if you go over there and you see something that looks kind of cool, a lot of times, especially now, there's lots of ads for gold and silver over there. So if you just want to go through and check out the like the spot prices or something, just go through there if it's if that's a particular ad. I don't have any control, uh, you know, of what the ads are. They just kind of whatever is scrolling up there. Um, also, I wanted to say thank you guys so much for the guys that went over to uh, iTunes and left written reviews over there. I really appreciate that. Um, pop over there real quick and we'll see what some of the reviews are. Uh, we got one from Brad. We got one from, uh, looks like Jerome OFCA. Uh, one from Nine Fingers 56. Another one from Frank. 
and so those were the new ones that we got. So one, two, three, four new ones. So I really appreciate that. You know, especially for this show, uh, the more people that we can get exposed to, the and the bigger the community that we get. You know, the more stuff that people can send in. Uh, also, uh, speaking of sending stuff in, let's go ahead and get some of our contact stuff out of the way. Uh, if if you want to do a review, or you've got a question, or you've got um, or maybe a recommendation on something. You know, go ahead. Feel free to, to send that in. You and we've got the voicemail line, so you can just call up and do that. You don't have to worry about recording anything or typing out like a long email. Um, you can call the voicemail, and that number is two zero six three three nine three two six six. Again, two zero six three three nine three two six six. However, if you do want to do a uh, send in an email, or if you wanted to do a recording. And send that in, attach it to an email, and send it to me. You can do that at thearmedape at gmail.com. I used to have comments available where you could do stuff over at the website, but every it was just, just crammed full of spam. Um, and also, another thing about the reviews is we've got a, 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 some feedback, or not some feedback, but uh, we've got a, a, a kind of a review... Uh, from Dale in Texas today, we've also got some stuff from Eric talking about movies. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything else. I used to have uh, uh, my sack was bulging with mail, so but my sack is now starting to get deflated a little bit. So help me fill up my sack, send in some reviews, send in some questions, send in some comments. Uh, whatever you you want to do is fine. Like I said on this show. Uh, unlike kind of Firearms Cafe, we don't necessarily have to worry about language. We don't have to worry about content so much. Um, you know, about the only thing I, I really, you know, won't tolerate is, uh, you know, kind of hateful speech or, uh, you know, anything that would be like considered racism or something like that. I just, I don't have much, I don't have much tolerance when it comes to that kind of crap. So, uh, but anyway, pretty much other than that, anything goes. Now, speaking of uh, iTunes and Apple products and stuff like that, uh, my buddy Ken sent me a uh, thing called Invisible Shield by Zag. And what it is, it's a clear, uh, I'm sure it's a plastic type thing that goes over the front for a uh, eye touch. And it also goes to the back, so it keeps it from getting scratched up. And supposedly, uh, it's a pretty tough deal. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to get that on there. And I'll let you guys know kind of how that holds up. And I may be able to do kind of a weekly thing. I'm pretty rough on the stuff that I've got. Uh, I'm always dropping crap or uh, doing stuff. And one of the things that I bought before, it's it's a, uh, the back is kind of more like a, I don't know, like a, a plastic thing that kind of snaps on. And then on the front was a like a thin film. And uh, what the film does is, of course, it protects that screen. But after a while, and then when I originally bought it, the guy at the Apple store told me, he said, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I use this thing, and uh, this isn't the Zag thing. This is something different. Uh, but he said what will happen is over time, it just the, the um, it sort of loses its ability to cling, and I've kind of noticed that as well. But, you know, for what it is, it's kind of saved the... Uh, it sort of saved the iPod from uh, taking a lot of abuse. Uh, so anyway, once I get that stuff on, 
uh, I'll go ahead and uh, give you guys kind of a report on that, kind of what we think. So I wanted to say thanks so much to Ken for sending that to me. I really appreciate it. Um, let's see. What else was I going to talk about? Oh, Ken had, you know, had done his review on the... Uh, Oh, that the thing that was like the solar charger and the case and the extended battery kind of all rolled into one for his iPhone. And one of the things I think I said I was going to talk about a little bit more was the Solio, which I have. And I, it was the Solio Classic. And again, I'll put a link in at the uh, on the website at uh, thearmedape.com, and you can go over there and uh, click on it and kind of see what I've got. Um, but it, it kind of the the Solio Classic kind of fans out. Uh, and it looks kind of like a little three-petaled flower. And then on the on one side, it's got your little solar panels. And it's, oh, I don't know. It's probably about the size of a mouse, uh, you know, a computer mouse. Um, so let's talk, let's kind of do our review uh, using our criteria. And uh, for those of you guys maybe that are listening the first time, when we do a review, just in order to uh, to get some consistency, but also I, I think this helps cover a lot of things about the product, so that if uh, you know if you really like it or if you don't like it, you don't kind of get caught up in just maybe singing its praises or you know saying about uh, you know it's, it's super shitty or something like that. But anyway, the thing, the questions that we that I like to ask about any type of product are number one, what is this thing designed to do, and then number two, how well does it do it. Uh, and then number three, what are the cons of it? So where does it kind of not necessarily fail, but you know, what are some what are some things where it doesn't quite meet up what it's supposed to do? Um, number four is is are there any modifications that you would like to see the manufacturer make that would make the, the in your opinion would make the product better? And then number five is kind of a two part thing of did you do any modifications yourself? And if you did do some modifications on your own, did they make it better? Or did it ruin it? Did it make it worse? Or did it really not have you know much of an effect on it? Um, so let's talk about the Solio. What is this thing designed to do? Well, it's designed to be a basically an external battery that's portable that you can take with you that also can act as a charger. And it's designed to charge small things maybe like a uh, cell phone an ipod uh things like a um oh maybe like a a small digital camera uh or it can be a thing to where it's it can be an extra battery for any of those devices so if your thing is running low you can plug your your stuff in there uh how well does it do that oh, oh and, and also i guess like before we jump into that stuff is, and it's designed to where you can either plug it into the wall or, and this is the main kind of marketing feature, uh, is you can charge it on the solar panel. So you can use the sun during the day to charge that. Uh, so let's say, how well does it do that? How well does it do the things that it was designed to do? As an extra battery and as a, a charger, it works quite well. Um, if you're charging it up off the wall, it it does really well. It charges pretty quick. Um, as far as charging it from the sun, it does an adequate job, but you have to you really have to get the right angle with it, 
and you have to kind of turn it and have it face the sun. So if it's all the way down, you're not going to put it out there and in two hours it's going to be charged all the way back up. Um, the sun kind of is a, is a way, I think, to if you're using it that way, it would probably take you a couple of three days to actually get a charge and you would have to really make sure that you've got that right angle and get out there and move in it. Um, so it, it does, it, it, as, a, as a backup battery, once it's got power and as a thing that can charge your devices, it does that actually quite well. I don't have any complaints with that. Uh, as, a, a, uh, as a charger that can be zipped up by the sun or, or juiced up by the sun, eh, it's, it's adequate. I mean, it, can, it does it, but it's not as, as, as great. Um, the other thing about it that it does do well is it does act as a long-term storage thing so that once you get this thing all charged up, you can throw it in your backpack or you can throw it in your suitcase or whatever if you can take it on the plane with you. I don't know if they'd let you take it on the plane anymore, but uh, if you were going to watch a movie, maybe on your iPod, you can and you're and you running out of juice it again as a backup battery you can throw that thing in there uh, or if you've got it in a drawer it seems like because then i've let it go for about six months and then i've taken it out and done it and charged some stuff up and it holds its charge really really well uh, so on, on that it excels now so what are some of the cons of the thing well again the cons are a little bit of what we talked about of if you're going to charge it from the sun, so if you're if you're buying this to be eco-friendly, there's probably other products out there that maybe could work a little better. Um, but if you're charging it from the sun, it can be a little temperamental, and you don't really get that good full charge. Um, let's see. What are some modifications that I would like to see made from the manufacturer? Oh... And this would go probably more towards having a, a, a better solar uh, panels in there, photovoltaic panels in there, little, but they're so small, I don't know really how efficient you can make them. Uh, that would be the one thing that I'd like to do if, if they would be able to get those to be a little bit more efficient to where you wouldn't have to be just that perfect angle. Uh, are there any modifications that I've done? Uh, there was, there's none. Uh, I don't really know the, how I could really modify the thing at all. So, uh, and what I guess you know it comes down to would I recommend that you get that? Um, I think where the thing has excelled and where I've used it before too is I've I've gone out camping sometimes and I've left my cell phone on. And when you get on my particular phone, it's just a cheapy LG. When you get out past a certain thing, it what it what it tries to do that if it can't get the signal, it just constantly roams. And so instead of going into a standby mode, it basically drains the battery. So if you forget to turn your cell phone off, uh, you're, you know, you're kind of screwed if you're coming back in and you want to you know, you say, hey, I'm coming home or something like that. Or if you were in an area where all of a sudden you did get a signal and you wanted to call home just to check in, uh, you may not be able to do that because, at least with my particular model, the battery would have run down. Uh, but I had it out with me where I did that, and then I'm like, oh, man... And I was able just to plug in because uh, I had the Solio with me. Oh, and again, you have a um, you have different what they call tips, and so the tips will plug into your devices, and then they go back into uh, into the iPod or to the phone or to whatever that you're charging. Um, 
the downside, another one of the things that was kind of a downside or a con was that you have to buy a separate iPod tip. And I think maybe I talked about that before uh, when I was talking about the Solio before, but you, it has a USB charger, which is how the, 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 uh, iPad or the iPad crap, the iTouch is, is charged. And normally you can charge that through the wall or through your computer through that USB too. And there's a USB charging tip with with the Solio, so you plug that into the Solio, and then you would take your your Apple cord, and you would plug that USB thing into that adapter, and it would go then into your device. Well, probably 80% of the time, the the it wouldn't charge. The uh, the the iTouch wouldn't read; it couldn't recognize it as a charging device. So I ended up having to buy a tip. Um, the special iPod tip. I got mine, I think I'd mentioned before, I got mine off of eBay. It was only about 10 bucks, and then I can't remember if I got free shipping with it or not. Uh, if even it was like two, so maybe the, the most you'd pay would be like 12 or $13 for it. Uh, once I got that tip, it worked like a charm, and it worked 100% of the time. Uh, and I've been able to charge it like, I, I think I've got at least, I want to say like between two and a half and three full charges off of it before the battery uh, before the the battery on the Solio started going down, um, so that's kind of another downside about the Solio deal is you're going to have to buy that tip, and I think I talked about before that they can be real hard to find because I don't know if they're really manufacturing them that much anymore, just because things you know, as things uh, especially in the technology world as as things get upgraded and progress, sometimes the stuff that they make you can't find them. Uh, in fact, let's. Why don't we go on to? Uh, let me pop over to eBay. I think I did this before, uh, and see if I can even find anything with that. And uh, let's type in uh, Solio uh, iPod tip, and we'll see if it does anything. It comes up zero. So let's do Solio iPod. And we'll see what we get from there. Holy crap, this thing is. Mm, there's, you know, there's, they have different, they have different kind of things now. They have like a, uh, oh, like the hybrid charger and it may come with a tip. I don't know if you could use that for your, um, on some of the other stuff. Um, there's a, a thing called a Solio Mono, and it's made kind of for the i the iPods and the iTouches. Um, but I, like I said, right now I'm not seeing any of those tips at all. So, you, if you're buying one of those classics, you may want to get something different. Um, it has a USB adapter that comes with the actual uh, the Solio Mono. Um, and I'm not doing a super in-depth search on this or anything. Uh, but again, that may be another downside to if you got one of the old classics, uh, is it may not come with those tips. Um, so, uh, that could be one of the downsides. And I guess, you know, overall, would I recommend this thing? And I'd say, yeah, um, kind of with that caveat though, if you were going to use it specifically. And that was one of the main reasons I wanted mine. I knew I would be able to do my, have my cell phone, uh, charge off of it. 
but I wasn't sure about the uh, about the eye touch. But I have, like I said, I was able to get the tip. So if you could get the tip, that'd be great. If not, it may not work for you. You may need to go with something else. All right, that's enough of my jibber jabber on that. Uh, hopefully that helps you a little bit if you're thinking about getting that deal. Um, let's go ahead and let's hear from Dale from Texas. Hey, Tony, this is Dale from Texas, and I just listened to your last podcast of the Armed Ape, and on there you had mentioned you had, uh, you were interested in picking up like a little short barrel Smith & Wesson 357 revolver, and how some people may be saying you would never want to shoot you know, full-blown 357 loads in there. I just got uh, one comment about a short-barreled 357 revolver. Buy one. You will have a blast shooting them. Uh, several years, probably maybe 10 years ago, uh, just saw like an impulse buy. I picked me up a Taurus uh, 617 Ti, which is a titanium model, so it was an extremely lightweight. I do not have the specs. In front of me, they have since discontinued it. Uh, and I know what everybody says about Taurus revolvers. They may not be the best or something like that. Yes, it does have a gritty trigger. I will admit that. But I did not get this for any type of self-defense, any type of personal protection, any competitions. I just saw it and thought it would be cool to have a short barrel 357. It is a uh, seven-shot revolver, which is another reason I picked it up. I thought, seven rounds of 357 that's something none of my uh, buddies are going to have and I always try to go out and get something a little bit different than um, all of my gun buddies have and so I and it is a ported barrel it's a uh, two it's either two inch or two and a quarter inch ported uh, and let me tell you you do want to wear double hearing protection when you shoot this guy because it is allowed and I do now I don't know whether you're a reloader or not but I load a lot of uh, lead uh, for 38 in there, I have shot a ton of 38 through it, and I've shot quite a few, several hundred through full-blown 357 loads through there. I mean, hot 357 loads, and I have a blast doing it. I enjoy shooting it. Uh, I know some people don't want to shoot it because they think it's going to hurt too much. Now, with the porting on mine, with the porting on the barrel. It doesn't have a whole lot of muzzle slip. It will push back into your hand, but it doesn't really flip up. So it's not like it's going to hurt your wrist or anything like that. And, I, you know, I'm a, uh, I am like uh, heavy recoiling guns anyway, whether they be uh, handguns or uh, rifles or whatever. So I enjoy shooting them in the first place so it doesn't bother, bother me one bit. So anything, uh, I would just say don't let anybody talk you out of it. If you want one, get it you will have a blast shooting it anyway thanks talk to you later all right dale thanks for that you know one of the things that or the main purpose for me and one of the things that you had talked about was when you were buying yours that it wasn't really going to be so much for self-defense or for a backup and one of the reasons that i'm looking at at getting the 357 is i do want to have it as a, as a backup gun and uh i think i'd mentioned uh, you know previously that uh, you know, if I wanted to, I I could. Uh, if I found that the 357 was too much recoil for me, although the the recoil in handguns doesn't really bother me very much, uh, even if they're pretty heavy recoiling, uh, I seem to be able to kind of soak it up a little bit. Uh, and you know, maybe that's because I shot uh, magnum loads out of my uh, 357 for so long that I was just I just got used to it. Um, but anyway, 
uh, what the the main purpose I was looking for was kind of have a backup gun and to have something uh, that I could pretty much have in the pocket. Now, what I've been going back and forth on lately is I was looking at that little Ruger, the uh, LCR, which is their revolver, and especially when they came out with that, um, when they came out with it at first, and it was in 38, and then you could shoot 38 plus P's in it, I thought, boy, it sure would be nice if they had that in a 357. And of course, now that they do, uh, and I, I think I may end up getting something like that. I I don't know. Um, you know, you talked also uh, about you know for um, for the the ported barrel. And for those of you guys maybe that don't know what that means, uh, in a, a real simple explanation is that at the barrel you'll have like slots cut into it, which lets the gas come out. So, uh, like he was talking about, you don't get so much of the flip. But you do get kind of a pushback. Um, also, because you have those the ported barrel on such a short barrel, it's like like uh, he was saying, it's going to be quite loud. Uh, although when you're shooting it, in my experience with them, uh, it's not nearly as loud to you as it is to somebody who's standing kind of behind you and, and you know off to one of your sides because they get more of the effect of it than you do by having the gun you know in front of you when you've got it out. Um, it is cool about having the, uh, you'd mentioned that that Taurus, you have um, seven rounds and that titanium. I'd heard about that and I'd heard a lot of guys kind of sing the praises of that. So I think you got a real good deal on there. Um, but again, for me, uh, since I'm looking for something for carry, um, I'm, I'm thinking what I may do is get that little Ruger. Uh, it's, it's got some things on there that I like about it. One thing that I will say that I need to that I will have to work on will be in training with it and shooting it because I've dry fired it a few times. Uh, you know, at the gun store, I always ask, "Oh, can I dry fire?" Um, and and uh, I'm so used to shooting the Glock and having that trigger, that short trigger reset, that I tend to want to short stroke the trigger on there. So that will be a training issue that I'll have to overcome. Now you'd asked about if I reload, and I do. So that's another thing is because I can reload uh, lots of, of my practice stuff, and I can make it as light or as heavy, or you know, or uh, light or as hot, I guess you could say, as I want. Uh, and so for practice stuff, you know, I, if I wanted to, if I found that I was, you know, if I uh, was a little bit recoil sensitive, maybe with that thing, I could kind of work with some lighter loads and kind of come up and sort of. You know, uh, what am I trying to say? Kind of get used to it, I guess. Um, it's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. Uh, now, kind of having said all that, I I really do, I like the 357 as a self-defense round. Um, in, a, in a shorter barrel, some people will argue that you lose some velocity, and I know that you do, but I don't think you lose enough to make any kind of a difference. Um, but again, sort of having said all that, since my main purpose of it was to have something that I could, you know, just kind of maybe throw into a pocket or um, if I needed to take the gun somewhere, but I didn't, uh, but I didn't want to, you know, um, I wanted, I was going to somewhere where concealment was going to be the really the big issue and I didn't want to have something big and heavy that I could have 
that little 357. Um, what I've been looking at now, though, is that little uh, Ruger LCP. Um, man, I've that thing is just so small and so light. Uh, you get six rounds. Now, of course, it's 380 and not 357 Magnum, so there's a huge difference there in the caliber. Uh, although for both of those guns, it's it's going to be maybe kind of up close and personal stuff. Um, I'm not too concerned about uh, the sight picture on them. Uh, that's one thing that I know that the little uh, LCP, which is the little auto pistol, uh, I may want to get um, the Crimson Trace lasers on that. Uh, I may want to even do that with the LCR if I choose to go with the, the route of the revolver. Uh, along, a while back I had looked at a, I think it was a Smith & Wesson 340. I, I get all their model numbers mixed up. Uh, but anyway, the important part of it was it was one of their little snubbies, and what they had put on there was an excess big dot sight. And man, that thing just looked like a golf ball. You immediately uh, picked up that front sight. Uh, so, you know, that may be something that, that I want to look at too. I don't. I, I think the uh, front sight in the LCR uh, is 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 a pin thing so I think you could maybe replace and, and have the sights uh, maybe like a big dot. I don't know if they make a big dot sight on there. Eric if you're listening maybe you can give me some kind of some feedback on that stuff. Um, also if anybody else out there if anybody has had experience with either of those guns I'd really like to hear your opinions on them. Um, how, how do they actually how do they carry it seems like that little LCP which is the little pistol as opposed to the revolver, it is, it's so light and it's so easy to conceal that you could literally put it in a front shirt pocket. Um, I don't know if I could get away with something like that with the revolver. Uh, but if anybody's had any experience with those, one of those two particular guns, either the LCR, and with the, with the revolver, it could be either with the 38 uh, or with the uh, 357. If anybody out there has those or knows somebody that has one, uh, let me know what you think on those. And also, if anybody has the LCR, let me know what you think on uh, LCR. Gee whiz, keep it straight. If anybody has the LCP, let me know on that. Um, I think with the ammo, if ammo, especially is like the uh, critical defense stuff, uh, that seems that they put the little uh, polymer in, inside the cavity of the hollow point on those little 380s. And uh, what that allows you to have is some good expansion. Uh, so, I, again, I go back and forth on stuff for a variety of reasons. I'm not opposed to the 380 as a self-defense round. Um, I, I think, uh, speaking of our buddy Eric, he was talking, he did a show, I can't remember, it was a couple episodes ago. But anyway, he was talking about the 380 as a self-defense round and how it was the minimum. But the minimum... And he makes a good point. This is something that I, you know, have always thought and have agreed with. It's still the minimum, meaning it can still get the job done. So, uh, anyway, uh, kind of babbled on enough. But uh, Dale, thanks again for your review and for your experiences with the gun. We appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead. Speaking of Eric, let's uh, hear what he has to say. Why, hello. Hey, this is Eric again. <laughs> More thoughts on movies. 
And, uh, you know, for the longest time, I've had this theory that the third chapter in a trilogy always sucked. And it kind of made me happy to read that Chris Nolan, director of the last two Batman movies, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, also felt that way and really didn't want to do a trilogy unless he had a really great story. Uh, you know, he kept saying, oh, well, I don't know, and him and Hong. Now, it turns out he's doing it. Either the cash spoke loud enough or he really does have a great story coming up. But I decided to put a list together of all the part threes that suck and prove that trilogies eh, pretty much blow. Now, the problem is while I did this, I started finding that, you know, sooner or later a franchise moves beyond three movies. And, and then can you still really say that, that that's true because it was going to be a trilogy, but they made more. And then... I actually came across a couple where the second one was was the crappy one in the trilogy, and then the third one fixed it, made it better. So I'm going to kind of go over the list here and help because I, I had Shelton's Law of, of Movie Trilogies all banged out, and now it's not working. So maybe it should just be there will always be a bad one in a trilogy. I don't really know. So uh, crappy part three movies, Alien 3. You know, when it was just three, that was definitely the worst one. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Sucks. Terminator 3. Absolutely worse than the other two, than the first two. You know, the ones that were actually written and directed by James Cameron. Matrix 3. Absolutely the worst one. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people didn't like The Matrix 2. The Matrix 2 is brilliant, okay? Because it sells you the ending from the first movie all over again. The end of the first movie, you're like, oh my god, he's the one. And then in the real world, at the second movie, you're like, oh my god, he's the one. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Star Trek 3. I love this movie. All right, I can't help it. I love Star Trek 3. It takes me back to my childhood. But my parents were mad. I mean, they were pissed that the Enterprise got blown up. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, when it was just those three movies, yeah, that, that might have been, although, Star Trek the motion picture, man, I don't know. Uh, Scream 3. I thought it was retarded when I sat in the theater and watched it. Loved the first two. Hated the third one. Uh, Superman 3. Richard Pryor. Nothing else needs to be said. Okay, sorry. That, that freaking sucked. And now, what's funny is they've kind of retconned it a little bit to make Superman Returns, this newest one, kind of like the sequel to Superman 2. Uh, they kind of pretended that Superman 3 and 4 didn't exist. And uh, Superman Returns... Beautiful movie. Visually, it proved that New York City doesn't have to be Gotham, the, or I'm sorry, Metropolis, that they can take it to a whole new world. They can actually create that world now. The problem is Superman's a deadbeat dad. Okay. I mean, he's, he's basically, uh, it's horrible. He's an intergalactic deadbeat dad. They've completely missed what made Superman Superman. What they need to do is start the entire franchise over again. And John Peters is talking about doing it, and because uh, Dark Knight works so well, they want to take Superman to the edge of his darkness. Absolute mistake. Superman's a Boy Scout. That's what they need to do. It just proves that Hollywood doesn't really have a clue, but I'm digressing now. Superman needs to be a Boy Scout. They need to completely ignore uh, any of the more adult flirtation that he did with Lois Lane in the first movies. The entire Superman needs to be rebooted, and the older movies need to be ignored. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Again, this is the first movie I remember seeing in the theater as a kid. I love this movie, but I am willing to concede Ewoks can ruin it. RoboCop 3. 
Yeah, nothing further needs to be said. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I have a real problem with this one because he doesn't go home to Holly at the end of it. Rambo 3, kind of in in the lead for uh, for most gratuitous sequel ever made. Crappy, crappy movie. Jaws 3. <laughs> or Jaws 3D, if you remember at the end, where it swims up perfectly motionless when it hits the piece of glass. Uh, here's one. You remember, I know what you did last summer and I still know what you did last summer. What about, I'll always know what you did last summer, which went straight to DVD. Ace Ventura Jr. Again, straight to DVD. Now I'm not really a big fan of any of the Mad Max movies. It's up to you. Do you think Thunderdome was the worst? Once upon a time in Mexico, I have to say does not live up after El Mariachi and Desperado. Look who's talking now, where Mikey won't talk anymore. They can't get Bruce Willis to do the do- the uh, the voice, so they make the dogs talking. The Bourne Ultimatum. I did not enjoy this one. Now, having said that, I didn't like the first Bourne movie either. I really liked the second one. Uh, I liked the books. Bourne Ultimatum made it too much where the CIA was the bad guy. And in the Bourne, what was the second one? Supremacy? It was... Uh, it was just one bad CIA agent. It wasn't America was the bad guy. So uh, Crocodile Dundee, third one. Was it the worst or was it just cashing in? Is it a trilogy? I don't know. Uh, Rush Hour 3, easily the worst of the Rush Hours. Spider-Man 3, oh my God, freaking gay battle royale at the end. You know what? The more I read this list, the more I think maybe I'm, I'm still right on. The third one in the trilogy is always the one that blows. Uh, of course, you know, like Star Trek three, does it still count when it go, when the franchise goes beyond, but then I've got another small list of other trilogies over here where the third one isn't the worst, the blade trilogy. Actually, I thought the second blade movie was the worst and the oceans trilogy, oceans 11, oceans 12, 13 do oceans 12 sucked. Uh, the mummy trilogy. I haven't seen the the latest one with Jet Li because the second one sucked so bad. So it's entirely possible that the one with Jet Li got better. Army of Darkness, okay? Started with Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. But Army of Darkness is is easily the greatest movie there. Army of Darkness is epic. You know, that that can't be. Toy Story 3. I thought the second movie was even better than the first. I didn't see the third, but I've heard nothing but good about it. So is it possible that there's a trilogy with no bad episodes? Transporter. I didn't see Transporter 3. Hated Transporter 2. Transporter 3 could very easily be better and and make the second one the worst one. And for that matter, Indiana Jones. Come on. Sean Connery was in the third one. I heard they were going to make a fourth one. I don't think that ever happened. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's I've got to say that Temple of Doom, there were no Nazis. Ergo, it is the weaker one in the trilogy. I'm not going to say it sucked because I know there are a lot of fans. Jurassic Park 2 effing sucked. Okay, Jurassic Park 3 fixed a lot. And Karate Kid, I don't know. I don't know. Was the third one the worst? So give me your thoughts on the trilogy because I want to hear what you've got to say, Tony, and and thought you might enjoy talking about this. Until next time you put out an Arm Day podcast, take care. Okay, thanks, Eric. Man, there's a lot of movies and a lot of stuff there to talk about. First, most of them I am in complete agreement with you about. Uh, Spider-Man 3 sucked. Uh, the Rush Hour ones, I cannot stand. Uh, what's his name? Chris Tucker. So I thought they all sucked. Uh, I did watch the first one just because I like Jackie Chan. But I just the whole time, I, I was just wishing like a safe would fall on Chris Tucker and kill him. 
or maybe he'd get shot in the mouth and couldn't talk anymore. Uh, so I never saw any of the other ones after that. But I'll take your word for it that they probably all suck. Um, let's see. Uh, Terminator 3 was terrible. Matrix 3, eh. Didn't care for, didn't care for 2. I thought they uh, basically got a lot of cash thrown at them and went on to make these kind of monstrosities that weren't that, you know, that were just not good. In fact, I remember it watching... Matrix 2 in the theater and I, I distinctly remember when they were showing like how he was doing his you know slow motion ninja stuff or whatever I'm like yeah okay I already saw this I know he can he can do this stuff uh, so and then uh, you know I, I you know I guess for watching stuff kind of blow up and see him kind of zipping around and stuff is kind of cool but I thought that the the next two movies were just rehashes of the uh, of the first one. I thought the first one should you should just left it alone. Um, let's see the scream stuff. Eh, I never uh, I liked the first one a lot, but yeah, the others just nah didn't do too much for me. Um, Superman three, yeah, that's one we just all pretend didn't exist. I do, you know, in talking about Superman. Uh, I think it would, I, I'm in agreement with you, I think it would be a mistake to to really explore or try and explore kind of his dark side. Yeah, you know, the comics I read from him growing up, I've read, uh, I'm still a comics fan, I haven't read him as much as I, as I used to. Uh, I tend to actually prefer kind of some of the graphic novels, um, but... The, again, sort of the thing that makes Superman Superman is that he, he does have the high ideals. And he does, because he has you know such great power, he understands that there's, there's really not anything on the planet that could really stop him. Uh, if, you know, if he ever went kind of bad. Uh, or if he kind of gave in to some of his, uh, you know, his darker side or something like that. But, you know, in the comics, he... He uh, some of the things he would struggle with, and things the things that I remembered would maybe be that the government wants him to do, you know, A, B, or C, and he has a problem with it because it's not morally right. Uh, so yeah, I think it, I don't I don't know that, would, that the movie would do so great if you kind of made him kind of some brooding emo jerk off. Uh, so yeah, I think they need to. Hopefully, if they redo it, they'll make him, you know, the guy that sort of has the ideals. What they need to do, though, because he is—he has such great power, they need to bring in villains like Apocalypse, like uh, Darkseid, uh, guys that are kind of his match. Um, you know, things like uh, oh, what was it? The the one that the guy that killed Doomsday. Um, and see, I think I think DC has put some stuff out and I talked about this was it last episode or the one before last um, where DC has uh, uh, things where uh, they're doing kind of uh, straight to DVD releases and they're rated PG-13 and the reason they're doing that is because they want to explore or have more kind of real you know this is going to be kind of in quotes you know realistic movies or they want to do a little bit more with the characters and by not having it be released for Saturday morning stuff, you know, they can do that. Um, so I would recommend if you haven't, a lot of that stuff you can stream off of Netflix. Um, and again, you can just type in like DC movies or Superman versus and, uh, or just even Superman. 
and you'll see a lot of that stuff. And I'd say if you haven't watched some of those, give them a a, a, a uh, give them a try. There was one called I think it was Superman versus Apocalypse. Um, I think that's what it was, or Superman Apocalypse, because Apocalypse is a guy, especially in the uh, in the uh, X Men. He maybe he's that the guy who I'm thinking of. Anyway, like I said, it's been a while, so this is kind of the nerd alert right here. Um, anyway, some of the other stuff you were talking about, um, yeah, with with the whole Batman thing, you know, Nolan did such a good job. Um, I I'm hoping that what it is is they're not just throwing, you know, just wheelbarrows full of cash at the guy and say, here, just make this. If if he can retain some control and, and uh, if he can get, like, a good script, you know, and, and that's kind of been some of the arguments in the past when, when you see some of the comic book stuff go to a movie. Uh, when you're looking at the comics, I mean, there are tons and tons of stories. Uh, I think a, a good... A really good villain for uh, for Batman now that the Joker is kind of gone, um, you know, because Heath Ledger is gone. I mean, you could still have him, but I, I think it, it may be a thing where it's going to have to be three or four movies down the road to have some distance from Heath Ledger's uh, performance and his take on the Joker and all that. Uh, but you could have a uh, one of the villains that they made a joke of, of course, and was it Joel Schumacher who did all those terrible uh, Batman movies, or the one that he did was just horrible. Uh, but they had Bane in there that was more just kind of like a uh, like a like a mindless zombie thug type thing. And in the comic books and in some of the graphic novels, I think Bane was a um, was he a wrestler? Or I, I can't remember what he started off with, but he was a big guy, big, strong, tough guy. And um, he actually defeated Batman, broke his back, put Batman out of commission. So I think, you know, you could do a lot with that, you know, when you, you, you kind of set it up either in a flashback or just in dialogue that, you know, Bane had just kicked the shit out of him. Uh, and, and so that then he has a lot of... Um, maybe has a lot of some loss of confidence or he has you know there's a lot of stuff there that he could deal with with that but anyway uh kind of starting to ramble on um you'd mentioned toy story 3 and army of darkness and some of the other ones are those are the ones where they uh the 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 trilogy or the third and the thing kind of exceeds the others and I, i would agree on those toy story 3 is is uh is worth watching. Um, there's, it has some moments in there that are, uh, that I would say rank right up there with some of the classic stuff. Uh, I won't talk about them because it did spoil it, but, um, Toy Story 3, fantastic movie. Um, the mummies, all the mummies sucked. I saw the very first one in the theater and, uh, what's his, uh, geez, what's his name? Um, I can't think of it now. Brendan, and I know some of you guys are out there yelling his name. Brendan Fraser? I just, I can't, anything that that Joker's in, I just, I guess he's an okay actor and everything, but he's just such a goofball, I can't get past it. Anyway, I'm kind of starting to ramble on, and I think what we'll do is we'll uh, kind of finish up with uh, Eric's review there. And uh, like I said, Eric, um, let me know. There's a couple of things that I wanted to, have you chime in on 
One was the, um, if you've had any experience uh, with either those, either two of those Rugers, the LCP or the LCR, uh, and also if you've heard anything good, bad, and different about the SIG 556R, um, I'm kind of up and down on that thing. For those of you guys that don't know, the SIG 556R is a is basically an AR-15 that's chambered in uh, 7.62x39. The thing of it is, is it takes AK mags. So basically, especially if you're using some of the steel mags and some of the metal ones, uh, you know, from China, from, uh, where am I from? You can get Yugoslavian mags that actually, uh, the follower will hold the bolt open for you. Uh, so it locks back on the la- on the last one. Of course, when you take the magazine out, it shoots forward because it's, 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 it's the follower in the mag that holds the belt back for you. Um, but with those steel mags, they're kind of debug technology. And if you were using those in a something that was sort of like that AR-15 setup a little bit, just I, I think they've got it designed to where you could mount optics on there and you don't have to worry about, you know, on the AKs taking off the desk cover and going back to zero and stuff. So let me know what your thoughts are on that. Um, and... Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. All right, monkeys, I'm going to go ahead and drop in a song here. And uh, this is adult in nature, but of course so is this podcast. So if you don't like uh, bad words, you're probably not going to like this song. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're not really offended by bad words. All right, monkeys, I'll talk to you next time. Before I forget, the uh, music is provided courtesy of Music Alley from Mevio. The song is called F.U. Robot, and it is by the artist, which is Pro Audio is the name of them. In the future, this is how it'll be. Our lives will be ruled by technology. There is one thing we still got. We got the right to say, fuck you, robot.
If robots begin to think on their own, just be sure to build your robot with a button that turns them Fuck off. You, robot. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Oh,